of Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Josh, Steve, and Kev. The Hounds had an up and down week and all over the place. And is there a women's team coming? I don't know, but we got our thousandth goal. So that warrants a let's go! The, the one question that's just like hanging over my head, who were the superstars at the game on Saturday night? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the only one I remember is Kevin Durant Eater. Yeah, okay. Kevin Durant Eater. There was the Dale Earnhardt Jr. one, but I can't remember what yeah. is. Was that the slug? I think that was the slug. The snail yeah. or whatever snail. it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The snail. Houndsy. Uh, Dale had... Snailheart, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like the last man. 10 minutes of the last Houndsy episode, they literally did a draft of the superstars. Like, who would you pick? They did a snake draft, and it was the most entertaining 10 <laughs> to 15 minutes of podcast audio I've heard all year. So I was really disappointed that uh, that we missed the game, but I could see the superstars like bopping around on the camera. Yeah, Dennis Frogman um, was also there. Yeah. Uh... Sorry, yeah. now I'm just like looking at all their pictures and me like, which ones do I recognize? Michael Jordan, maybe? No, I'll... no, that wasn't him. I don't know. <laughs> Kev, I had a lovely evening with your wife last night. How are you doing? That could be worded differently, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. I concur. <laughs> no, yeah, it was good. No, I'm happy. She, yeah, she, she had a good time hanging out with you guys and and having dinner, and she's just being, she's packing in all her like social activity of the summer into this like one trip and she's seen you guys my mom a couple times obviously hanging out with her family seeing a bunch of friends so well she's up she's up here basically dog sitting for your for her parents yeah and so she's here for the week like by herself and yeah, so yeah. we got together and had dinner last yeah. night yeah um i'm like looking at kevin's background I'm like is he somewhere different right now yeah, he is. right you are oh, you are because i have the apartment to myself i can podcast wherever i want <laughs> <laughs> Not Swear, that like Riley right. has me under her thumb or anything, but like that's yeah. why you're in the bathroom. That's weird. <laughs> for all our audience, we're, we're burying the lead here, though. On a weekend where his wife comes to Pittsburgh and there is a home soccer game, Kevin still does not show up to a Hounds game. I don't know what you want out of this. I mean, like, never gonna <laughs> just to give you a hard time. <laughs> we want you at a Hounds it's, game. It's like it's so easy to do in a case like this. Why not? Yeah. I told Riley we missed a golden opportunity. We should have just taken her to the game on Saturday night um, had we been available. And, you know, yeah, I talked to her afterwards. Her. She was like, no. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, Kev, what have you been doing with uh, an empty house this weekend? Honestly, not much different. I mean, it's just like there's still chores to do, right? Like, it doesn't surprise me at all. Like no, knowing our father, like you were probably up at six a.m. doing dishes yeah. and like going to Trader Joe's. I don't and... like this about myself, but like it's <laughs> it is what like I almost said it is what it is, which would have been really like my dad. Yes. yes. Um. But yeah, no. I mean, it's been it's been honestly the biggest difference is like we have uh you know our on our couch like usually when we sit down like watch tv you know she's on one side of the couch or on the other now i can like lay down on the couch and watch tv and that's nice <laughs> like, that's been pretty much the only difference um I, you know just like cooking and doing the dishes usually we share that duty so it's just like time kind of doubles for certain chores or whatever but no it's been it's been good it's been quiet listening to records podcasting here so you know 
Did you um, did you go see Oppenheimer? Considering your connection. No, but I mean, we will eventually. Um, it was funny enough. I, I guess they didn't really advertise this at the lab, but Oak Ridge set up like a discount for us to watch Oppenheimer at the Oak Ridge movie theater. Wait. Um, oh, okay. Like Oak Ridge as in like a town. Yes. Oak Ridge as a town. I'm not thinking like Oak Ridge is like a government facility has their own movie theater and like you could go and eat the nuclear popcorn and watch the movie. And- <laughs> no, but we could, I mean, we have rooms where it's not a projector, but it's essentially like huge stitched together, um, like screens and monitors that make up this big visualization, uh, like room. Um, and that'd be a pretty cool movie experience, but uh, yeah, apparently I haven't our, seen it yet. It, it looks good though. Our parents like loved it. They wouldn't stop talking about it the other night. My mom went to go see Barbie with Riley and Susan. Hated it. Couldn't stand it. Like the girls thought it was fine, but um, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. It looks good. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Steve, what's new with you? Not much. Um... You had a good interview with Joe Farrell. Oh, so yeah. I mean, Joe is, he struck me like in the press conference and then in the interview, Joe is really like well-trained. You can tell he's been around. He knows what to say. And my goal was to try to get him to break out of like giving the media answers. And I think I got a little bit of that. Like I got him to get a little excited. So I was thrilled with it despite uh, not having the GoPro and having to do it on my phone. Um, No, just, uh, Things slowing down after a busy uh, June of traveling. Uh, I think last time I was on, I had been to Hershey, um, also went up to Syracuse, um, and then was out with Jor- uh, yeah, Justin and Laura Ellen. Let me let me say. I was going to say, what is their couple? Laura Ellen and Jora Ellen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Justin and Laura Ellen. Yeah, let's yeah, Jora Ellen. Let's let's call them that. Um, so went out to visit them for a couple nights. We went down to the Brighton and Chelsea preseason game, uh, which I think Justin talked about last week a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and great great time and we were really high up um but super cool to see a game from that perspective where it's kind of like that top down mode that you would see in in like a fifa game or something um and like the movement and everything just a really different perspective a ton of fun um things slowing down um work's going to start picking back up as the fall semester comes so um met with my advisees uh all last week which was great to have that new uh responsibility um and getting back into my wood shop recently so um, enjoying the really cool weather too. How did I not know that you have a wood shop? I mean, it's not big, but um, a few things that, that I do. So uh, my biggest thing recently is I finally bit the bullet and completed my stereo setup and uh, bought a brand new record player. Um, nice. I had been looking around like every few months on Craigslist, trying to find a good deal, trying to find a good deal. And it's been years. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to buy a brand new one. Did it. Um, I had ended up uh, subscribing to Prime to get a, a back pillow for my car because, you know, at our age, we, we kind of need that extra support <laughs> before my first trip because I lost my old one. Um, and so I had Prime and I, w- I was going to get my record player and I went to purchase it so I would get it when I would get back from Syracuse. And it was like, oh, one day delivery. And I was like, wait, I'm not going to be back in time for that. Waited. And then it was Prime Day. So I, I got it for 25% thing. off. And I was like, I was thrilled because, you know, my $350 record player cost me $275 and it's great. So I built some uh, little shelves, like they're just like kind of like a little L shape. Um, 
and have some records sitting up there um, on the wall now behind my record player, like along the steps. So really pleased with how it turned out. And now I'm building a crate for the rest of the records. That's awesome. I do think it's, I've had that scenario where I've gotten to a point where I'm, I'm about to buy something on Amazon and I'm like, wait, no, that that's too fast. Like I can't, <laughs> like, <laughs> it needs to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny kind of, yeah. Speaking of records, I was thrilled. We were walking through, it was probably a week or two ago. We were walking through Walmart and I was like, oh, look, like they just, they have actual like vinyl shelves and it's not, I mean, you're not going to find anything great, but I, I literally turned to Susan. I was like, oh, look, they have vinyl and they had the Ghostbusters LP on vinyl. And I was just like, yoink, coming home with me. And yeah. like, I don't, I haven't even yeah. opened it yet, but I was like, I'm not, it, there's no quite, there's no debate about this. That's coming home with me. That's yeah. Just, it's an expensive hobby though, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to put myself on a budget for it. Yeah, yeah I got it. Josh, what's going on with you guys? Other other than your your wife being now like forever famous and associated with a thousand goals, <laughs> yeah, that's that, pretty funny. How does that make you feel? Good, yeah. <laughs> I I, mean, I wasn't even in the section for that because I had gone over to the corner flag. Um, and in fact, if you watch the replay, you can see me like right behind on the corner flag, uh, and just kind of like wanted to get a shot because I was hoping it would go in so that way I would have a shot of the Steel Army going mm. crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was standing over there, uh, and I got the shot and yeah, I was like, sweet. That was cool. And I walked back over and then I realized somehow in me going over there and like hanging out for a little bit and talking to some staff that, uh, I missed one of the goals for, uh, Memphis. And so I thought it was like one, one. <laughs> and then, yeah, it wasn't until our second goal that I like looked up at the scoreboard. I'm like, ah, Son of a! You're like, what happened? Ahead, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) So I had to go back and watch the highlights for that first goal because I completely missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a crazy week for sure. Um, So we had two games. I think heading into this past week, Josh, Kev, we we said last week that we were like, okay, if the Hounds are going to draw one of these games or, you know, have something happen in one of these games. We were thinking that Indy was sort of worse off of the two. So we said, you know, you got to get the win against Indy. And then if we get like a draw against Memphis, like, cool. That clearly didn't happen. We got kind of steamrolled by Indy. And then really, what, the first 40 minutes of the Memphis game? I know like a lot of us in our Slack were just like, what the hell is going on? Like, how did we go from like 13 unbeaten to now literally hemorrhaging goals. Like I, I have it later in the, in the script here, but basically in our first 20 games, we averaged 0.6 goals against in our last three games, we're averaging 2.6 goals against. So like what has happened? Yes. We turned it around and we got the win. Great. The indie game in particular, you know, the first goal for Indy, wait getting caught 40 yards out. This is this was going to be one of my questions. Kev, I'll start with you because I you tend to be overly critical of keepers. But <laughs> or first of all, that goal, like being scored from 40 yards out, how much of that do you actually blame Wait for? I mean, it, Not start much. there. Not much. No, I mean, I think it's... I would His positioning isn't perfect, but I don't think it's anything to like be hypercritical about i think it was one of those where it was actually a really well struck ball and it was yeah he the the, any player had good vision to catch him to catch him a little bit off his line and it was just well struck and it was one of those things where it's like it's embarrassing to be on the end of that 
because you can't you don't have any response to it you're like yeah like it was great and it's kind of it's a little embarrassing that they scored from 40 yards out and that might be on end of season highlight reels you know for the usl Mm -hmm. and it's going to be us getting scored on but um no i don't blame weight too much on that um i think it's just one of those you kind of have to chalk it up but I, i think it when that goes in I don't know. It, it, it can have sometimes uh, um, an even like slightly worse effect than the normal goal you would let in because of the nature of it. Um, so yeah, it's that, that wasn't an easy pill to swallow. I, I mean, I think a hundred percent Kevin's right that that's not really a weight fault. What else is he supposed to do? Not come out and clear that ball. Like that's his job. <clears throat> that's for me. Um, I'm going to put that a little bit on the midfield, but even more so on Bob for the formation where he's got two forwards, two wingbacks, and so the midfield is a little thin. Now, the three guys that are in at that point in the game, they need to be closing down those balls. They didn't. Um, uh, but, Which is a theme. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Like, yeah. like I mean, that's that's a – the ball is at almost at – the half field line, the guy chests it down, one touches it into the top left. I mean, I went back and watched and I'm like, you know what? Like, even if weight is on his line, he's still probably not got a great chance of saving that. He saves it, but yeah, it's, yeah, I know. Yeah, I but it's like, it. I mean, that's a hard, like a ball <laughs> yeah. at that point in the goal at the USL, that's not a guaranteed save from closer range. I mean, it's just, it's, especially when it's dropping into that area, right? Like that's, that's a hard save to make. That's, that's the midfield needing. And, and I mean, the defend or the forwards needing to be stepping back and uh, putting pressure on that ball instead of leaving all that space. That's what I saw at that goal. It's less about the goal for me. Like if there is any, I don't want to say blame, but anything weight could have done, I think differently is the initial clearance. I keep on watching that initial clearance and it's kind of like such a like sky ball doesn't go very far. It kind of, it just, I don't know. I feel like that was actually my, my major issue with it was he comes all the way out there and then he doesn't really clear the ball. He kind of really point. Yeah. only hits it a little bit ahead of them. Uh, it just is such a high ball that it has so much air time for everyone to kind of scramble around. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that, that was my, my only issue from weight for that goal. It wasn't so much the the chip because that was a perfect chip for, you know, yeah. where they were at and him coming back off his line or getting back onto his line. So mm-hmm. that part is what it is. But, yeah, the initial clearance I, I thought was lacking. That's fair. We've given up a ton of goals in the past three games, as I already mentioned. How much of that – and this is not me digging out weight. How much of this is, do you think – Wait, how much of this is the defense? How much of this is, can we put our finger exactly on what it is? I mean, I have some thoughts, but I don't know. Steve, where do you stand on all of that? I I don't want to read too much into it unless it becomes a long-term trend. Um, you're talking about, but you're talking about a team that uh, that is at this point in the season starting to feel the fatigue of the season after a long open cup run with two starting defenders that are nailed on starters, I think, of this team with Dos Santos and Biasi uh, just making their returns on Saturday night, um, not available to play, right? And and so you're looking at that. And then Osamanu also having an injury, uh, Mike DeShields getting an injury, right? Like you're talking about a back line that Trevor's wet sloot 
is not a center back and he's starting at center back on Wednesday. And I think I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, sure, it's the USL. Teams are going to make mistakes. Teams are going to give up big goals at times. They're going to give up a lot of goals at times. That's going to happen to everybody. Teams are going to hit a skid. Um, I'm not concerned if on the weekend the team comes out, locks down the defense when we've had a little bit more rest, we've got more of our center backs and midfielders healthy, and we get back to shutting teams out or not letting up many goals over the next four or five games. If we give up two, three goals on Saturday, then it starts to make me think this is a long-term problem and not just this point in the season where we're struggling to kind of keep that consistency as you see every other team that's been at the top of the table has had those periods. I mean, most years and, and this year, especially, I mean, all the teams that are around us, they've had periods where they've lost a few games in a row or they haven't been able to close games out. And I think that's part of the fun of the USL. The announcers actually made the point on, I think it was Saturday's game that Louisville, Tampa, all have had multiple losing streaks so far this season. And this was like our first. So like, can, 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 can I motion that we stop talking about Louisville? Cause they're just bad this year. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, I'm going to let you go ahead and be the judge on that one. What's That's why point? we should keep talking about them. because they're bad. <laughs> yeah, we, we always have to talk about them when they're good. I would like to talk about them this year. When That's they're fair. Bad, uh, just for a change of pace. But uh, I, with this team right now, I mean, like, They've had a string of games that have not been the best performances. And it was interesting. I think it was after the second loss uh, against Indy that Bob made a comment in the press conference being like, no, there's not something new. This, these are the issues I've been saying we've been having this whole time. Mm -hmm. It's just they the ball has bounced our way uh, in these other games. And we've been getting not lucky, lucky, but it, we have not been getting unlucky. Uh, and he doesn't see it as like there's a like an issue that is just now cropping up. And like, no, these are the things we've been trying to button down this whole time. It's just these games, the ball didn't bounce our way. Uh, and we got unlucky with some things. That's so interesting. I mean, that feels like something Bob would say, regardless. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, your, your team just won, you know, 18 in a row. And Bob's like, ah, yeah, but, you know, like we're just getting lucky. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. sure. But um our, our buddy John Morris in um, USL Tactics made a comment about the the second half of the game against Memphis was very much just like, just stick to the plan and eventually it'll play out. So he sort of saw it a similar way. There were a number of things as, you know, as much as a dumpster fire as that first half was in the game against Indy was, I was kind of like, what is going on here? And part of me was worried that, the secret's kind of out on the hounds in terms of what we're trying to do, how we try to do it. And a lot of times we have sort of those ball playing center backs like Dos Santos, like uh, Ordonez that will bypass the midfield in ways or try to get it much further up the field to the wingers. And in the case of Memphis, in the case of Indy, we couldn't do that. They were waiting for us and they were pouncing mm -hmm. on those balls before our midfield or before the forwards, before the wingers could get to it. And it happened. A few, I noticed it once. And then it happened like three more times over the span of two minutes. And I was like, uh Oh, like, is this, is this the thing? Is it a tactical thing that like now we need to adjust? But 
the one the one pushback I would have on that is the fact that our formation was so different against Indy than what we have been doing this year. I mean, having Kizza and Dequa kind of like up top, and it it didn't feel like the same thing we've been doing all. So I I don't really feel like it could be a like oh other teams are figuring us out because mm-hmm. I know when I first saw that lineup I was like this is not what we've been doing this year. This feels different. So yeah. I mean, we've sort of just lumped these two games together. I'm fine doing that. Is there anything in particular that you guys wanted to talk about as it relates to the indie game, or do we just blow past that and talk about sort of the the crazy fun times that happened in pretty much the second half of the uh, Memphis game? I really enjoyed full 90 for after this game. Uh, Liz decided to go off script and not talk about soccer at all. She just asked every single guest, give me a fun fact. And there was a lot of fun facts. There were a lot of fun facts. Yeah. Whole gambit um, of different type of things, animal facts, everything. It was, it was, it was a enlightening episode. Yeah. I had no, what was your favorite fact? I had no idea that shoes does stuff with GIS maps. Like, is that legit? Yeah. Or was he poking fun at Kevin? No, no, no. He actually, that's what his, his job is. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, there were a lot, there were a lot of really good facts, but like, that was the one that stuck out to me. I was like, oh, shoes. Okay. Go ahead, Gav. What does he do? I forget something with GIS. Maps. Yeah, <laughs> works for a company that like surveys land, and then he like makes the maps for them. Uh, oh, cool. For, for like, I don't know if it's drilling or, or fracking or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, See, cool. now he needs to come back. This might be the most satisfied I've yeah. ever seen Kevin on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now he has something to talk shop with when you uh, come to a game. Yeah, which so is never. Go. So there you yeah. Go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Josh, what, what fun facts stuck out to you? Uh, there was the one about the otters, I think it was. Like, no, not otters. I'm sorry. The the clownfish. That was pretty interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Think about the clownfish. Uh, but there was, I can't remember all of them, but yeah. If you, if I, if you put me on the spot and said, what's a fun fact? I have no idea. Yeah. I was, I was impressed. Pressure. Like, people yeah. had some stuff. Did Liz, like, tell them this was happening? Because they had them, like, in the barrel ready to go. She was like, give me a fun fact. And you know, you don't you don't fish. see they, the they... prep with every single uh, <laughs> uh, guest that she does beforehand. Like she she pulls her make sure they stuff. know what's going right. yeah. going on. Yeah. Complete professional. This is the stepping stone for Liz to go work for the New York Times. Like this, she's going to, you know, this is going to be in her portfolio. And yeah, for sure. You think awfully highly of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, guys, talk about let's talk about the the Memphis game in particular. So again, the Hounds go down two goals. We're all sitting there going, "This is awful." Um, Joe Farrell, of all people, gets the thousandth goal. It was his first goal as a Hound. Mister, um, I was one thousand. Really, I yeah, Mister one thousand. Yeah, I was really kind of hoping it was going to be Griffin. Like the way he sort of like feints the pass to the middle, pulls it back in. He was right there amongst the body. Was it him, mm-hmm. Dos Santos, Farrell, all just? throwing whatever they could at it. And it looked like Farrell got the last touch. Don't take anything away from him. Steve, I think you said his family was there. There were pictures of like the whole crew oh, yeah. all there. Like they, like they knew it was going to happen. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> um, well, so he said in the, in both in the post game press conference and in my interview with him, that it was a convenient weekend for his family to drive out because they're from Philly. Uh, lots of uh, 
cousins, uh, aunts, uncles, siblings, parents, and whatnot, um, because the Phillies were in town for the Pirates. So they came out to see him play at home, to see Phillies, Pirates, PNC Park, and whatnot. Um, but I mean, there was what? I mean, probably close to 30 Yeah, there was a lot of people. people. Yeah. And I mean, just a all wearing yellow shirts. Like they look like they had like, I don't know if they had like family t-shirts on or something that they were wearing to all their sporting events, but they were all dressed the same and everybody just jumped up after the goal. It was great. Yeah. I feel really bad that like, it's his first goal. It's the Hounds thousandth, you know, home, all his family there. He scores. He starts going to the steel army. He turns around and everyone's back like at the halfway line. (laughs) Like, no, come on, we got to (laughs) go. He made that comment. He was like, I, I knew I couldn't celebrate very long because I had to get back there. Uh, like, I think he realized that after he turned around. <laughs> I, think he, I, think he, I think he wanted to go nuts. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, ah, crap. Uh, yeah. One thing I got to do just real fast. Okay. There we go. That's oh, well done. Well nice. done. Victory. And what are we cool. having tonight, Josh? Oh, I, I say uh, this as if like we're all enjoying it. Blue Points Imperial Sunshine oh. Lemonade. I don't know. All I know is I think it's a little bit too uh, strong for a uh, afternoon weekday beer. Listen, I, <laughs> I there's a um, there's a group that uh, a group they it's a YouTube channel Villa Villa on Tour, and this guy basically goes to all of the Villa away games and like films his experiences. So he came to America while they were playing here, and the idea of a tailgate was completely foreign to him. Like they're used to pubs within walking distance of the stadiums. And like the fact they went to FedEx Field in uh, crap Maryland, yeah Maryland, yeah. and it it's like miles from anything else. But it was funny to watch them root through a cooler at a tailgate and all of the different kinds of beers that they just don't have. That you're like, what? That, what is this? And they just like couldn't understand it. Um, yeah, so you sort of reading through whatever it is that you're drinking tonight. I, I don't. I think they'd have a hard time with that. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. So thousandth goal. Yeah. I, I mean, huge friggin' milestone. Like that's that's nuts. Um, I I don't really know what. Else. I mean, that's going to be some fun trivia fact. Like five years from now, we're going to be like, who scored the house thousandth goal? And we're going to be like. I don't know. Wasn't it that defender guy who was here for two years and then gone? And I think I would have preferred the goal the way it happened than if like Kenny hit like a 30 yard bullet in the top. That's not true. I don't know. There's something emblematic of goals like that. It's whoever wants it more. And we wanted it more than Memphis. And so we barrel it over the line. And it was this collective, dirty, like, I just loved it. I, I, I love goals like that. I, I will say that it was nice because of the fact that it was the, the polar opposite of the complaint I had with the indie game, where it felt like sometimes our defenders were just standing around and, like, mm-hmm. just not doing anything like kind of like putting their hands up for offside or something like that where this one felt like no the defenders were obviously in the mix and trying you know never giving up on that ball so david horn just left a comment saying i've never had such a swing in optimism like i did on saturday i went from we're gonna be six seed and out in the first round to (laughs) we are never losing again in about 35 (laughs) minutes i think that's pretty much how we all felt it was just like oh this is it it's over percent right like like I emotionally, I resonate with that like 
fully. Like, like I am, I am elated. It has made my weekend to just watch that game. Um, but I want to bring some levity to the fact that despite playing the fewest games in the league, Memphis has the most combined, like, like their versus their opponent's goals of any team in the league. Goals score get scored in their games, right? So, like, yeah. did we win? We went out and win. We found a way to come back from 2-0. Yet, we did that against the team that scores a lot and gives up a lot. Yeah. I don't care. It was great. Yeah. Four, two, four two games are wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and so our next three goals basically all happened in the span of 11 minutes. Uh, one was a cross from Forbes to Rovi, who put it top shelf first touch, which was insane. You know, super happy for him. Uh, so, Jay- go ahead. I, to, to be clear, Joe, Rovi, and the next goal, obviously the next one, right? But that's that's Rovi's first goal. Yep. It's his first. Like ever? I don't think he scored in college. Wow. I thought you just like, meant like this year for the Hounds, but no. he's never scored. Wow. And what a beauty it was. Yeah, it was top shelf. I, I mean, there was something about that, like right before that play developed, I was like, I feel like I got to get out on the field on this side and start taking some pictures. And somehow with my phone managed to capture both the ball coming off of Kenny's foot and the ball coming off of his foot. They're not great pictures because with my phone, they're a little blurry, but man, what a, what like, it was a beautiful goal. Yeah, I, I heard that like about Rovi, and I'm like, I heard it was his first goal ever as a hound. I didn't realize it was like first goal I, ever. Period. I've but, not gone back and checked, but one of the guys from like in the media booth was saying like he, he was looking and couldn't find a goal for him in college. I was having a hard time believing it was his first goal as no. a hound. Yeah, like in my brain, like I'm like, no way. Like right? Rovi's like a good great player. Like I don't know. I mean, he's good, but geez, he never. No, but good. still, like I'm not saying like he's the best player we have. Yeah. He's I'm been definitely with the team like, for what three, four years now. Yeah. So like, yeah, and he's the next player to close in on 100 games. Yeah. So I, yeah. Listen, when it happened, just massive smile on my face. Not just because of what it meant for the game, but like knowing Rovi and what like a great duty is. It was mm-hmm. just like okay, and and knowing sort of the struggles he's had with injuries this year, mm-hmm. and like that was that was amazing. I want to talk about um, JC's goal because I want to talk about the goals we let up before. Well, I don't yeah. want to blow past that, but go ahead. Keep, 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 keep. So now this is just my one question. So JC scores and immediately takes his shirt off. Right. As soon as it happens, Susan was like, Oh, you can't do that. Like she knows enough to be like, <laughs> that's a yellow. You can't do that. In what other profession do you do something good? And you're like, you know what? Shirts coming off. And like, you just start taking your shirt off. Like, instinctively if i score it's not like i'm gonna take my shirt off now i want to know what goes through a player's head to be like now my shirt's coming off it feels very like tracy jordan from like 30 rock where it's just like i'm gonna get naked now and it's just okay Okay, so so mike what is the podcast version of you like right like that like what would you have to do on a podcast to take your shirt off exactly like i It, I don't I, like construction workers are like, I just dug a great hole, man. Shirts coming off. Like, I, I don't know. But context matters, doesn't it? Like, I mean, you're, you're two Oh down 42 or like seven minutes before half time, 40 minute minute, right? Like my you wife just birthed, lost your past two games as the top team in the league. Three humans. You scored the no game point was goal. I like shirts coming off, baby. I did <laughs> all right, it. All right. right. She birthed them, not you. <laughs> 
I mean, that's it's a soccer thing. It, it, it's not like it's a like, oh, this is a for the moment, like, oh, surprise, like I came up with this. It's it's just something with the but culture of the soccer. It's, it's, I get your I get your shtick. I get it. But I'm just saying not, this is not to dig out JC, but like you know you're gonna get a card for it. So like at what point you're like, I don't care, baby, shirt's coming off. It's just I it, it, context also I with him. It. Is this his first professional goal ever? Mm-mm. I don't think so. He scored I mean, he scored a bunch in Hartford. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I couldn't remember yeah. His career no, before I, I mean, us. I want to say like close, like 14, 15 goals his last season in Hartford. So really just his first goal for the Hounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Sure. Uh, yellow card. Oh, I, I am such in disagreement with all of you. I say do it. Let it rip. I don't know. I oh, mean, like, I, no, 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 I'm in agreement with that. No other profession. It. Well, here's the other thing. Uh, going back to context, you are, at the end of the day, you are providing entertainment for fans in front of a live crowd, in front of a live, like, you know, 5,000 plus crowd. And it's something where it's not guaranteed. It's not like a play or a musical where you know you're going to hit your high note and it's going to be great. Everything's tension. It goes in. You just react. It's pure emotion. I, everyone should take their shirt off. I just, I, just don't, <laughs> I just can't relate to that. I like, I don't know what point my pure emotion leads me to take your shirt off. Like, I just... Also, he probably knew he was getting subbed off pretty soon, (laughs) to be fair. That and I don't think this is going through his mind, but the reality is, does it affect anything at all over the course of the season? No, he's a guy that knows there's multiple people in front of him, uh, right? Like like he's not going to be starting every game down the stretch unless there's injuries or he does something spectacular to impress Bob uh, during training, right? Like, Like he's... The worst case scenario is if he gets five yellow cards, he gets a two hundred fifty dollar fine. Whoop de doo. Who cares? Yeah, well, it. it's 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 the player type too. I mean, so I think what I this might be wrong. I'm eighty five percent sure it's right. I think all of Salah's yellow cards since he's been at Liverpool is just him taking his top off. Like he's a player who just doesn't get yellow cards. So he's like, yeah, screw it, I'll take my top. I don't care, <laughs> like because I don't get but yellow cards. But, but see, that's what I'm getting at is that I feel like. In that scenario, like if Ordonez took his shirt off after a goal, you'd be upset because you'd be like, you're now a center back sitting on a yellow card. Sure. What are you doing? So like at a certain level, it has to be conscious. Like Ordonez yeah, is if like, don't take your shirt off because you don't yes. need to get a yellow. If it's 2-2, Ordonez scores in the 80th minute and he takes his top off and it's a competitive game, yeah, I'm a little upset. But if it's like if if Ordonia scores and he makes it 4-2 and it's the 88th minute, take it off. Let's take it just even. Uh, no, no. Let's, 4-2 I don't care about. Like that, take it a step it's further. That it's, the, it's that it's the go-ahead goal. Okay, After here we go. Ready? Streak. It's, it's, Why are we spending so much time? There's so much to talk Last about. <laughs> it's, the la- it's, it's the first round of the playoffs. We draw 3-3 with a goal from Dequa in the 80th minute and Dequa takes his shirt off. Yeah, sure. Whatever. If it's then at he has home a yellow, and I'm he has a chance, to go, line, a chance of going down a man for look, ten minutes. No, look, it, I, it, I'm doing everything at that moment if I'm on the sideline taking pictures to not try to like celebrate with him. Like absolutely, I'll hug you're him. You're picking up his shirt and putting it back absolutely. on. Him yes, yes. yes. I'm like, give me that. <laughs> three, three, three no. That. I won't but, really do it. If it's like four, three, and you and and you go, eh, yeah. I mean, that's a little weird, but I wouldn't be like, what are you doing? I wouldn't be upset. Like, yeah. all right, go for you. Like, like the Kevin Kerr, you know, arrow to the moon shot, where it's like you score six minutes into stoppage time or whatever it was for the last goal, the last play of the game. Like, I get that, but. Yeah. What happened to you, Mike? 
<laughs> I really wish. Listen, Kev, I had, no I had a wonderful this. evening with your wife. <laughs> Where's the fun? Yeah. All right, Kev. I'm going to put another shirt on and taking it off right now. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, I feel really good about this, so I'm just going to go ahead and take my shirt off. No. Um, <laughs> You said you have so many things you want to talk about. What else do you want to talk about here? Kyle? Well, I said there, I, I, there are things about the goals that we let out that I want to talk about. All right, go for it. Um, Fair enough. So I, th- I think that, so the first goal that we let in, I think is emblematic back to, I forget who brought the point originally, but when we were talking about our defensive problems, I think Steve, you started off saying you, I don't want to put words in your mouth to correct me if I'm wrong, but you were slightly at least attributing it to like potential injuries along the back line, um, new players coming in and out. And then either you or Josh or Mike, I don't know, mentioned our midfield kind of being the problem. I think specifically in the context where the indie guy vo- like volleyed it from 40 yards or something. Mm-hmm. I think to me, the emblematic thing of our poor defensive record over the past three games has been a lack of, I think, I, I think our forwards and midfield aren't defending the way they should. And particularly the midfield, particularly in this first goal that we let up. Um, Memphis kind of, you know, they dribble far too easily through the middle of our pitch um, in the middle of third. A bar is kind of tracking him. And then the Memphis guy just changes directions and that just throws us off <laughs> like for some reason. And then he plays a ball uh, and, you know, it, it, get, it gets past Ibarra too easily. It gets past Griffin too easily. And, uh, and there, look, at the end of, the Memphis striker takes a good touch, sets himself up nicely and has a decent enough finish. Um, But I I don't know. That was, I think that's the biggest thing that needs to change for us as we head in towards the end of the season here. I think, I think that our midfield need to need to do a lot better defensively, closing down players, making it difficult, making it not easy to kind of come through the, through the middle middle of the field. And then, the second goal. Well, hold on, up. hold on, hold on, real yeah. quick, just to touch on that. How much of that do you think is us not playing with a, I'll say, recognized sort of holding midfielder? Because heading into the season, you had Marky Barra that we were like, he's kind of a holding mid. You had Junior Etu. They were like, he's kind of a holding mid. And we have since moved Junior out wide, and we've pushed Abara further up the field. So you you segue into another point that I want to talk about. Not only you do that, and this is kind of getting away from the defensive conversation we're having. I'll put it in there and come back to it. I don't I don't really like Griffin as deep as he is. Griffin comes in and plays essentially a number ten role and like is revolutionary and mm-hmm. scores goals, creates chances, and now all of a sudden, yeah, he's sitting. He's behind. playing left back in against Indy. Well, and 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 in the in the Memphis game, he's deeper than Abara. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't think I don't think Abara is necessarily six, but I think Griffin should be higher up the pitch than Abara. Um, so, so I think that's interesting. I don't know yeah, the, Griffin's I, position in all of this. I think is pretty interesting. Um, whether or not that relates to whether or not we're pressing well enough in the midfield, I don't know. But I think it's more of a collective thing. I don't really, I don't get putting Etu out on left wing back other than he's a left footed player and maybe we're a bit short in that situation. But yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, on the Etu thing, I think, yeah, I think it's out of necessity. You've got other guys that have played recently, playing a lot of time, um, primarily Langston, Blackstock. Um, yeah. 
Fouling playing poorly midweek. Um, How dare getting you. dropped from the 18. <laughs> no, I mean, my, my, my buddy, Mark, who is a Burke failing apologist is like, I don't think we're ever going to see him again this season after that performance. Right. Ooh. Like, like to that level to go from like, he's the best player on the team. Why isn't Bob putting him in the starting lineup every to, Oh no, I don't think we're going to see him again. Right. Like <laughs> this is like, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, I mean, that's condemnation right there of his performance. Um, but I think it goes back to, the first Charleston game um, back at the beginning of June, what was that? Early June. Mm -hmm. um, where I remember in the post game, Bob, somebody asked Bob about, um, about the midfield um, and why players were moving around so much. And Bob was like, Oh no, that wasn't out of, uh, that wasn't out of like the ability for players to interchange and whatnot. That's that we had junior playing deep and it wasn't working. So we tried something else and then we tried something else and then we tried something else. And Danny is playing as the defensive midfielder. Um, and my take on that as I've watched the team over the past month is that it's not that junior is a bad defensive midfielder and it's not that defensive midfield is Danny's best position, but yet Danny is still a, the best defensive midfield option we have and it pulls Danny back and pushes other guys forward because it adds that stability that's needed in front of the defense. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I could sort of piece together at times with having Ibarra further up the field, which I also want to talk about his hair real quick, but having him further up the field is I think that he is better in the press and closing and reading and closing things down. And so that's a case where it makes more sense to get him further up the field. If you're trying to do the press. I mean, I kind of get that, but it does not, I don't know. That's not clear to me because you're telling me Ibarra is better at pressing than Griffin. And I just, I don't think that's clear. It might I, be I, true, I don't think it's but that. I just don't think it's clear. I think it's the team is better when Danny is playing as that number six. Yeah. It's because he's great. got, he's the best skilled player in the midfield at the moment. Like, like I, I think that's what it is that you put Danny at any of the midfield positions and he's going to be the best. How do yeah, you feel about that, Kev? What's best no, for I don't, I mean, How do you feel about that, Kev? <laughs> I, don't, I just disagree. I don't know. I just, I'm just not, I don't know. This, this goes back. I'm, this is going to be a five-second comment. My reaction to that recycles my view on Griffin in last season, and that's I just think people confuse him as a great defensive player because he has a good engine and runs a lot. And I don't think it's true. I, th I think he's... <laughs> Sorry. For podcast format, this doesn't play well. Michael was counting me down, so I just felt like I needed to stop. So. <laughs> he said it was going to be a five-second comment. It was 15. I, just going off what you said. Yeah, that's all. Real quick. So I I did not recognize Ibarra. I was like, who is that on the field between Indy and Memphis? Because he bleached his hair blonde. Josh, no, yeah no, no, no. Just yeah or nay. Eh, it's okay. Kev, yeah or nay. Yay. I, and I made a note of it. I, like... All of all of our players should do this for for about five minutes. I thought we had a new signing. I was like, "Oh, this is great. Who's this twenty three guy?" Like, and then I was like, "Oh, it's a bar. Okay, whatever." But it it got it got me convinced me for five minutes that I was like, "Oh, sweet. Like, all right, this guy's good. Like, I, <laughs> everyone Steve, should do it." Steve, yeah or nay? Um, before I say yeah or nay, I want to set the record straight that Mark Yabara did not dye his hair bleach blonde. Trevor's wet sloop dyed. Mark Yabara's hair, bleach blonde. And Matt Groba has no idea if Mark 
like knew what he was getting into or not. And I just love that. Like none of us have any idea if he knew what it was going to look like or not. Um, sure. <laughs> I, for a minute, I was like, wait, is this his way of like trying to break the curse, like break this streak? And then we went down two goals and I was like, oh, that's crap. But like, if it works, sure. I'll, listen, I'm all for it. I'm like, especially you're a soccer player. You can sort of do whatever you want. Absolutely. Go for it. So, yeah. Guys, um, yeah, we talked a lot about both these games. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we sort of move on to a couple other topics here? Uh, Kenny got his 50th assist. That was also celebrated during that game, um, like the announcement that he got it. So that was yeah. that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, I don't know if it really came across on the, the stream. I haven't really gone back and watched, but like the thousandth goal, like the Steel Army section, all the smoke, the streamers were thrown, confetti thrown. It was it was a party. It was a lot of fun. And it, it, it definitely changed the mood in our section, at least the rest of that game. And like just obviously having the goals come after that as well, uh, pulling us ahead helped a lot. But it was definitely a, uh, a fun atmosphere to be in in one of those games where you're just like, oh, that was great. That was a lot of fun. It was a great night. <laughs> I noticed on social media, Steel Army posted some sort of message where it was like, if Columbus was for the masses, then this game was for the sickos. Like it was very much just as much fun and just as crazy. But like, you definitely have to be a little bit in the weeds to like kind of appreciate what this game meant as far as like the the thousandth goal, um, the, you know, celebration for Kenny, the just everything around this was just kind of like, okay, this is definitely like, a little bit more niche as far as like the knowledge of it, but it was a lot of fun. And I mean, I think there was probably some part of it too, for the players and for you guys that was, you know, still um, with Gene. I mean, there was the whole yeah. thing that we talked about in the last episode, Gene Klein passing away just last week. And there's now GK on the field, the players and Lily are all wearing GK armbands. So like there's, there's some of that too. Um, Steve, sure. you got a good picture of the, like the official hall of fame that's now mm-hmm. up, yeah. um, and jeans on there. So it's, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, definitely and I think, right. Like, I mean, that happening and them really taking the time doing a video with, yeah. uh, people that knew Gene before the game and airing that, um, I wasn't there Wednesday, so I don't know if they did that, but like the whole way that they did it on Saturday was just, I think really, really uh, showing the appreciation and the impact that he's had, not just on the Hounds, but on soccer in Southwest Pennsylvania as a whole. And um, to be able to mourn and celebrate that, even if you don't know him personally or didn't know him personally, is I think um, you can recognize the importance of that. And and then to see the things that happened in this game, um, a momentous game with the thousands goal and and how many like i gotta think how many goals did gene participate in as a player how many goals as a coach how many goals as a broadcaster right like i mean of those thousand goals like yeah so embedded in so many aspects of that throughout the years it's a like a great feeling at the end of that to be able to take all of those pieces together and put them together and think about those things yeah agreed 
Yeah, and unfortunately, like the celebration in the Steel Army did not come across um, well in the stream. I did see like multiple people had like handheld smoke, which I thought was cool. It was a nice touch. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. spent a little bit extra on our smoke budget, but it was worth it. Yeah. I, I don't remember which goal it was, but I remember walking through the bottom of the Steel Army section and, and hearing somebody say, we only have seven more. And, and like, there were still more goals that came. And so, like, mm. I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, I mean, the way this game is going, we're looking good. <laughs> we're just, I hope we don't run out of smoke. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's always a gamble when we, you know, bring out the smoke and put it in the pouches. Like, okay, how much smoke do we have right now? Okay. Like, eh. Yeah. We got yeah. close. Yeah. So, guys, after this game, the Hounds are still now first place, not just in the East, but in the league. We are tied on 41 points along with Sac Republic. Uh, we sit two points ahead of the Battery and three points ahead of the Rowdies. Now, granted, we've played one more game in the Battery and two more games in the Rowdies. So the game this weekend against Tampa is going to be huge um, in terms of how things shake out over the next month or so. Uh, Detroit, Miami, Loudon, and Hartford are all below the line. Um, but you know, they're not far off. India are just at 25 points, just above the line, and the rest of them are within striking distance. So we'll see what happens. I did take a little bit of offense to the fact that the USL power rankings, which I never put much stock in, they dropped the hounds down to fifth um in their power rankings which i'm like we're we just lost two games and we're still sitting at the top of the east like what what, what do we got to do here but whatever it's, i think that was Bacchial, actually wasn't it uh that dropped us on the fifth uh, maybe they did too but like USL literally this, yeah. this morning yeah i i checked in us like usl championship did their power rankings and they dropped us down to fifth so whatever they can go somewhere um <laughs> In terms of Pickham, we did have two games, uh, not a ton of movement. Laura Allen is still at the top of 21 points. I'm the second in 20, tied with Keaton, leaving good with 20. I think, Kev, you were at 18. You're now up to 19. And then we have Michael Finn and Devin Pale on 17 points each. Uh, as we talk about on sort of every episode here, uh, everybody's able to go and play. The the Whoever ends up with the most points that isn't part of the Mongols crew, so if you're watching this live, um, the people who are in white, we can't win. Uh, so if you're in gold, if you end up with the most points at the end of the season, you will win two free season tickets for the Hounds in 2024 uh, to sit with the, the Steel Army. Um, if you Basically, the way you play is every game we leave a post over on YouTube. Uh, you go and you leave a comment under that post with your score predictions. You get three points if you get the score spot on, one point if you pick the right result, zero points if you get neither. So right now, Keaton Lehman Good is in pole position, but Michael Finn and Devin Pale are both just one correct pick away from drawing level. So this looks like it could be heated and come down to the wire. Um, guys, one, uh, one other thing here before we get into just sort of talking about Tampa coming to town. There was a bit of a flurry the other morning um, when on Twitter, uh, Chloe Kamenowski uh, put out a tweet that said, grateful for the opportunities Hounds Academy has given me in my soccer career. After playing for the program for 12 years, I thank Scott Gibson, Rob Vincent, and Mike Whiteman for bringing me back to Pittsburgh to be on their first women's USL team. Once a hound, always a hound. And I think a bunch of us read that and went, well, hold on, what now? Like the Hounds have a USL women's team that we haven't heard about yet, um, which would be amazing. We've talked about it on the show. Uh, absolutely love the idea. 
Uh, and I think it's only a matter of time before it happens. Um, did clarify with the front office that she was talking about the, the USL uh, Academy team um, that she was playing with and that the Hounds are exploring bringing in a women's team in either 2024 or 2025 uh, to play in the Super League which is not the W league that exists right now. The super league is like the top tier fall to spring women's season. That's going to be starting in 2024. So who knows what's going to happen, but it has been confirmed that they are trying to work out the details, whatever that means. So it's not like completely DOA. It's not a done deal but they're talking about it. Steve, you seem like I, everything that I've seen from the front office and from Tuffy is about building a foundation that provides financial stability. And I just don't see a way that both soccer and women's soccer in Pittsburgh and women's soccer in the country contributes to that goal. I think that, whoever else is involved in making the case for that has to be able to prove, not just guess that it's a money-making adventure or at least a break-even adventure before it moves forward. Um, because I don't think that, that Tuffy is going to sacrifice uh, the chance of a championship for the men's team by bringing in a women's team in the short term. What if it's a different ownership group? then it's not going to be the river hounds and who cares? What if they partner with Tuffy and they just pay for the women's team? <laughs> I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it either. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah, playing I, advocate here. I disagree. But at the same time, I do think my biggest concern has always been less so about the viability of a women's league because I think it's there. I think it is viable. Um, I, I question a little bit about USL making a league that competes with NWSL. Because then at that point, like, why are you trying to like, compete with NWSL when you should be like trying to build something uh, cohesive instead of having this, you know, power play where every, I, I just don't want to see the soccer wars go that way. <laughs> um, but I, I do think my only concern about the Hounds making a women's team is if they can't support it the way that they, it deserves, mm -hmm. because I, I'm always afraid that the women's team will be like it also an type of, league for the hounds like i don't want it to be like oh you have the men's team which is our main team and then you have the women's league which is our like you know other league that you, you don't want yeah. them to be the robin to our batman exactly that would be terrible like i want that like it deserves to be its own thing and it deserves to be you know have its own staff and and that would be my worry is if if you're just going to have the front office do both and then it's kind of like well can they do both well and like does one take priority in that case that's bad like so that would be my worry i think i think part of this for me comes down to uh, a i i desperately want it to happen but i am concerned about uh there I, I was having some conversation with somebody online during one of these games watching the european teams that were all playing in america watching the hounds play and it just seems like hydration breaks have just become the norm and guys are just like getting roasted out there as the temperature continues to rise. That is a, is a fall to spring switch 
for the USL or for MLS like that far away from being inconceivable because if if you know the average temp starts to get closer to what they see in Europe during the winter then like is that less of a problem and i think that if you start having the men's and women's teams playing at the same time of year trying to both play at Highmark Stadium that becomes a bit of a logist- logistical headache and so part of the reason why I, w- I really like the idea of starting a women's team now with the Super League is you basically have the guys spring to fall and then you have the girls fall to spring and you'd have 24-7 hounds and basically the, the fan base wouldn't be choosing who they're going to go see on Saturday or when they're going to go see them. And I just, I'm worried that too much overlap is going to just be too much of a logistical headache. They'll figure it out, but it's just, it's not ideal. So, yeah. I mean, I I think you brought up a different point without necessarily meaning to, but. um, I'm totally conflating this. No, 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 no. I know. I I was talking to Jeff on Saturday um, and uh, he was R- talking R- about Riverhounds president, Jeff Garner. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. talking about the rugby sevens game and, and, and those things. Um, and, and he was joking cause his daughter was with him and he's like showing her the ropes and she's like learning from him as, as he goes around. So I was joking that she gets paid an ice cream. Um, uh, but, uh, he was talking about how much more is going on right now at the stadium and how they're trying to figure out how to get everything done. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding another professional team to that schedule, even if it's in the off season, I don't know what that looks like in terms of, because there's going to be some overlap, right? Like, and, and so what do you do with that? And if, yeah, if schedules start to switch, um, but I like, I even asked myself, myself the question of if the hounds are playing in early February, am I excited to go to that game? I'm going to show up, but I'm not excited. And if I'm not excited, are the people that are going, that are not diehard Hounds fans, that are not going and talking to the players and talking to Bob at the post-game press conference, are they going to be as excited? Are they going to even show up? And much less for, and like, I mean, Liz's comment, as I made my comment, biggest thumbs down, right? Like, And I'm not saying that that's what I agree with, but that's what I think my perspective on what the decision-making would be is they've got to make calculated decisions and try to evaluate the landscape. And my perspective on that is that that's how they're going to view it. And if they're concerned that people are not going to come pay for tickets for a January 29th women's soccer game at Highmark, I think that's a concern that they need to think through because it's a relevant concern to the, uh, the success of the organization as a whole. That's Whether I agree or not is irrelevant. Yeah. That's the conversations that they're having. The, my counterpoint to that, and, and neither of us is right or wrong here. So right. my, my counterpoint to that would be, you know, are you excited to go see the game when it's 93 degrees and sunny out? Like you're probably going to roast and it's going to be miserable. Sure. And, you know, people go and watch the Steelers all winter long. So I think there's just a cultural mentality shift. Sure. Of, like you bundle up, you get crazy. And like, that's what you do that we just don't do here yet. Right. And so Kev, why are you laughing? You've been awfully quiet over there. You get crazy. AKA you drink, I think is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, we conflated a lot of things there, but the, the, the point is that some of the, uh, 
some of the 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 craziness that was going on on social media that I probably helped fuel just by jumping all over that tweet. Um, there's no women's team right now, so don't 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 go too nuts over that. <laughs> um, guys, Tampa come to town this weekend. Uh, a couple big things have happened in Tampa recently. They just named Nikki Law as their head coach for the rest of the season. The Nikki Law, who was playing for the Rowdies last season. So we had talked a little bit about how their head coach, Neil Collins, left the team earlier this month to go manage Barnsley FC in League One in England. He was previously the Rowdies coach for the past six years. So there was a lot of stability there. And now they have the new coach, Nikki Law. They've only played three games without Collins, and they're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Most recently, they beat Tulsa 3-0 this weekend. Uh, that game was at home. The The first two games were both on the road, and they got a win and a draw. I think they drew Indy. So I think some of us were, were waiting to see what happens after Collins left, and it hasn't necessarily been falling off a cliff. So it, you know we're, we'll just sort of have to see what happens when they come to Highmark this weekend. They have two players, J.J. Williams and Cal Jennings, who are both sitting on eight goals, so not that far out of the whole golden boot discussion. How are we feeling with, uh, with Tampa coming to town, Josh? What are, your, what are you thinking? I mean, they're a good team. Uh, this, despite all this shakeup with the, the manager, um, I, I, I did kind of cock my head at the thought of Nikki Law being – the new coach, it's kind of seems like they're just trying to do it again. Uh, Cause Collins was also a, a former player uh, and they had great success with him. They're like, ah, why not? Let's try it again and see what happens. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't really think that should be, you know, your, your go-to is just having an ex player become your coach and, and hoping for the best. Cut to Bob Lilly going, Hey, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm concerned for that because this is also his first time coaching, right? Like this isn't like he's a, a established right. coach, so right. that's going to be weird. And yeah, I'm just I'm just curious about that. So like that's going in our favor, but it's not like this is a bad team. So even with a coach that might not be the the most tested, you're still playing mm -hmm. uh, one of the best teams in the league, and uh, with our form being a little bit hit or miss lately like it's it's not the best time to be playing the best team in the league um with that said this game could have a huge effect on the hounds like if 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 we destroy you know tampa mm -hmm. at home that's gonna do wonders for our confidence that's gonna you know really help kind of swing this around so uh it's gonna be an interesting game i i have no idea for sure yet uh how i feel <laughs> as far as what is going to happen but i definitely think it's going to be fun how much smoke do you guys have left? <laughs> uh, we have enough. We, we have okay. enough. I was going to say, like playing over under, say you have like, you know, four things of smoke. Are you going out to buy some more before this game? Probably not. I, I think we have enough for for two smoke for every goal. I think we have at least four uh, goals. So I this think could be a new fun game. Like how much smoke do we need? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were, is it not, is it not cheaper in bulk? Does Costco not sell a smoke <laughs> bulk package? You'd be surprised. We buy pretty large amounts, and it's still not cheaper. If you ever see one smoke go off instead of two, that tells you we're getting near the, the bottom of the barrel. It's like okay, ration smoke. smoke. Put the put the smoke stack in the middle of the section. Only do one smoke for the next couple goals. <laughs> That's funny. There's some inside baseball for you. Um, 
Steve, what are your thoughts on this game? Are you nervous? I, I don't know how to feel. Um, I'm, I'm slightly nervous. I'm slightly excited. I think it becomes the most important game on the schedule uh, for the Hounds. Um, there's uh, four teams that could uh, pass the Hounds in terms of games played versus points. Um, Tampa is one of those teams. Um, and so this is a critical game. Um, and I think more critical than the second game because we don't know where each team's going to be at that point. A win for either team puts them in prime position to get to the top of the table or stay at the top of the table. Um, and so I look at this as, yeah, this is this is an important game. But I think, so you guys talked about it last week that it was more important to be indie. I, I think that that's, no, like winning, I mean, especially after the indie result winning against Memphis, getting on the winning foot before facing Tampa at home is massive. Knowing that we can go out, find ways to score goals, have goals come from everywhere on the field, um, and, and have an emotional high, I think that momentum, that attitude, and the ability to look at the things that didn't go well um, and try to fix those things is is really important. Um, so I, I want to go back to to Saturday um, because of the thousandth goal and all sorts of other things. Um, the, the few times I was up in the media booth, Grubbo was geeking out on random weird stats for the night, right? Like, and it was, it was fun because him and uh, Mark Goodman, soccer rabbi, were like bantering back and forth about different things. Um, uh, here's your random stat or your random fact about, uh, about this game coming up that, uh, Nikki Law not only played for Tampa Bay last year, he made 11 professional appearances this season. The first of those appearances, he was sitting pretty much right in front of our own Danny Griffin for Huntsville City FC for huh. MLS Next Pro. Interesting. Huh. Do with that what you will. I just think it's funny. Yeah. That's very cool. So they took a Division Three guy as their coach. Yeah, I mean, he has a little bit. Of <laughs> no, 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 no. He has he has a much career. better a much better resume than that. But I just think it's funny to to stick well, with that one. Look, imagine imagine if you know Lily was like, "I'm gonna go be the next coach of Wrexham," and we were like, "We're gonna appoint Danny Griffin as the Hounds head coach." Like <laughs> we'd be like, "Uh, what now?" I mean, if Danny look Griffin at the is, is in his thirties. I'll take that every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kev, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, mostly everything that, that, um, has already been said is what I was thinking. I think the, the only thing I can add really is what will carry over into this Tampa game from the previous three games and potentially two directions here. One is whether or not our defensive fragility continues into this or two, whether the momentum of a, of a really good atmosphere and a really good comeback victory against what I think is a good team overrides that we carry on to the momentum and that kind of the momentum and the energy and the optimism fixes defensive fragility. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think eight goals in three games that we let up is not good. Um, obviously to most obvious save in the world. Um, and we score four goals, but I, yeah, I've, I don't think we're scoring four goals in this game. Um, four goals and none of them from Dequa. 
but like if I had told you that was going to happen, it'd be like, what? Yeah. So, which is once again, we continue to get like first ever goal scorers, right? Like, I, like eventually this runs out. I don't know, but uh, but so, but it's 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 a really big game. I mean, the Memphis result was huge, and whether or not that momentum carries into this, and then we get an even bigger result um, against Tampa because I think it would be um, will remain to be seen. But I am a little worried about. I, I think our defense is still not back to the place that we've been at. Steve, I'm going to start with you. Give me a score prediction. Crap. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think we scrape by in typical Bob Willie fashion that with Dos Santos and Biasi back, the defense is shored up. Um, and, and somehow uh, Jamali plays his best or second best game of the season, makes some great saves, and we get out with a 1-0 win. Gosh. And it's not Dequa that scores; it's somebody else. Um, I'm going to say two-one win, but I do think Dequa scores. I'm really hoping he scores both. I want him to get back on the scoring path because yeah. it would be really nice to have, you know, him back in that running for that golden boot. Yeah, I agree with Josh. Although I feel like two-one. I don't know. I, if if I look at the numbers, I could be really wrong here. But I feel like two ones don't happen a lot but I'm going to say 2-1-2. Two, two. Going into this, I was all set to say one nothing. I feel like with a full week, Lily is like, okay, enough's enough. We're going we're, we're going for the shutout. That's what we're going to do. Um, and so I wanted to say one nothing, but I also feel like going from basically giving up 2.6 goals a game to none is a bit of a stretch. So I, I'm I'm willing to give Tampa a goal, in which case I landed it two one as well, two one win Hounds. Um, but I would not be surprised if it was like a two two nil, two nil. I'm gonna say two nil just to be different. There we go. So I'll say two nil Hounds. Um, sure, why not? I, it just feels like one of those things where Lily is not just gonna let us keep giving up three i just i don't know i i see what you mean i just don't buy that because like what he's on the practice field and he's like hey guy all right let's all get right, it together guys, no, hey, hey, shame shame <laughs> like yeah. every day every week you know every every day in practice like, no i think it's i think it's that he's got his preferred three defenders in pick your choice between hogan and farrell blank barturo and and dos santos i i don't think the problem is in our central defenders I think the problem is more tactical and how our midfielders aren't pressing where they need to in the moments that they need to or something. I don't know. And I, I think it's I think it's more systematic than just we're missing a few key players. I think it's something else. Liz Liz gets the last word here saying if anyone can do it, it's Lily. So thanks, Liz. That is what we think. <laughs> Let us know what you think. I'm wrapping this up. We're we these shows keep getting longer and longer, and it's great. We're having great conversation. I'm enjoying it. But yeah, at a certain point, we just gonna be like, okay, we're done. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. The mic is now like blocking my face. There we go. Um, make sure you go and subscribe anywhere you get you listen to your podcasts. If you're watching this, um, good for you. That's cool. Uh, but you can also uh, subscribe on YouTube uh, and listen to the show on YouTube Music. Um, it is there as well. And like I said, make sure you follow us. We're on Twitter still, which we need to talk about at some point. Um, threads, X, uh, X uh, Y, 
uh, YouTube. Um, YouTube is where we post the the um, the score predictions posts. So you can go over there, add your score predictions, get part of that, and um, yeah, here's to a win this weekend. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very very soon. Cheers. Later. See ya.